Yemunla. You're listening to Kaokaramo EV, Kaokaramo, the English version. Kaokaramo is a podcast about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. I'm your host, Maila, and I'm from Guadeloupe. Welcome to season three. Sac passé. What's up, everybody? Kaokaramo EV is finally back. This will be part one of episode 13. Let me reintroduce myself briefly. I'm Maila, born and raised in Guadeloupe. I started Caro as a testimony of my journey to define my identity as a black, Afro-Caribbean, Guadeloupean, and French woman. My goal is to share Caribbean narratives and to curate, to document, and to celebrate Guadeloupean culture and to some extent Caribbean culture. Caro EV is the English version of my podcast in French. I grew up watching a lot of black content from the US. French cinema and television usually keep black people out of any positive representation. The most recent example would be the Netflix series Lupin. This is only the second time that a black man is the lead of a French TV show. And do notice that black women are totally absent from this narrative, which, by the way, is the traditional French representation of black women. But that's another discussion for another day. When I turned 30, I decided it was time for me to stop complaining about the lack of representation and to see what the Caribbean filmmakers had to offer. So I created the podcast to share all these films that represent us as multidimensional human beings. In season one, we explored the representation of childhood and teenagehood in the Caribbean. In season two, we explored the representation of love. You can listen to every episode on caricaramon.com. Now, with season three, I will focus exclusively on the representation of Guadeloupe in French cinema and television. Before we get started, I would like to take a moment to pay a tribute to someone from the Caribbean podcast community that we lost suddenly in December 2021. The first episode of season three is dedicated to Ella Turen, a filmmaker and podcaster from Haiti. With Martine Jean, she hosted the podcast Form on Films, dedicated to Haitian cinema. It was the first podcast on Caribbean cinema that I listened to. It was a delight to discover Haitian cinema through the gaze of these women, proud of their culture and proud of being women of the diaspora. Thank you, Ella. Thank you, Martin, for being an example of celebration of our stories that make our voices heard. Listening to the Formant Films podcast helped me build my Caracaramon concept as a tool to analyze Caribbean content. Storytelling is important. The one who controls the narrative is the one with power. As people from the Caribbean, we've been brainwashed to think that our culture is just about spicy food to make fun of, about an accent to make people laugh, some cute exotic thing to appropriate and or to make money with, Caribbean societies are still trying to figure out how to get rid of the power dynamics from the slavery days. People exist as a dignified nation when they value themselves. Note that I am not talking about knowing every historical detail far away into the past. Nor am I talking about knowing historical facts to justify the value of 
our contemporary existence. For me, it's another debate. First and foremost, I care about contemporary representation or representation of a recent past. That is to say, from the 20th century up till now. Nevertheless, as a Guadeloupian person, I believe it is important to have time references on the slavery days and to put ourselves at the center of this narrative at the center of any narratives about us. In France, the discussion about slavery and its consequences is usually done through the US history. The United States have already produced a lot of films on the subject, starting with Birth of a Nation, the first Hollywood blockbuster released in 1915, which was basically propaganda. The United States are not France, but France keeps using American references when talking about slavery. As if Guadeloupe and Martinique did not offer any cultural and artistic production that could be broadcast on the national market to enter into the um, collective memory. By the way, I have a small disclaimer. In France, we usually associate French Guyana and Réunion Island when French slavery history is discussed. I won't do it here because I speak about what I know. So I don't want to spread misconceptions because... I don't know all the nuances of their history. So the few times I've seen debates on the French representation of slavery, it was always to criticize the lack of French films and TV shows. It was to criticize the film Casse Départ, which was a quote-unquote comedy about slavery. Yes, I know, you can read my review on caracama.com. There are never in-depth analyses of French films and TV shows that already exist. Is it because the creators are from Guadeloupe and Martinique, so people just dismiss their work without taking a proper look? I don't know, but I was tired of the when will we have a French film with an accurate representation of slavery debate. And that's why I made my special edition in 2020. It was a guidebook on the representation of slavery in French cinema and television to show the blurry French narrative around slavery in the Caribbean. If you haven't listened to it yet, it is available on caricament.com with a short selection of history books. My analysis was based mainly on the TV show Tropica Mer, Bitter Tropics, by Jean-Claude Barney, which aired in 2007, and the documentary fiction Bois d'Ebene, Ebonywood, directed by Moussa Touré, which aired for the first time in 2016. These two productions symbolize the importance of the point of view when you decide to talk about this topic. Beta Tropics made it a point to present how diverse black people in Martinique were. The story takes place at the end of the 18th century. There were still African newcomers, like the character of Koyaba, but there were already generations who had only known the enslaved life, like the character of Amidi and his daughter Adele. And these enslaved people used all means available to acquire their freedom. In Ebonywood, which takes place shortly before the second French abolition of slavery in 1848, nothing is done to show the complexity of Guadeloupean society where, of course, there were enslaved black people in resistance, but there were also free people of color. And above all, it was a time when Guadeloupean culture was developing. 
And honestly, I think that's the hardest thing for non-Caribbean people to conceive. How did our African ancestors survive all of this while continuing to develop a culture that is drawn from African traditions, but that also thrives on its own? I don't know why it's so complicated to imagine that we can live our culture autonomously without asking for validation from others. And when I say others, as a French person, I include African people who don't see us as people who deserve respect. And me seeing this isn't to deny my Africanness. On the contrary, it's just demanding that my Africanness not be devalued just because I'm from Guadeloupe. That being said, it is always a pleasure to see the cultural connections between Guadeloupe and the African continent celebrated in a respectful way from both sides. For example, Guadeloupian filmmaker and actor Luc Saint-Éloi won in 2021 the Golden Sotigi at the Sotigi Awards, which is a celebration of the cinema industry of the entire African continent. So it was great to include him in such big celebration on the African continent. So this is what I mean when I talk about mutual respect. Now back to France. If a film like Casse Départ was greenlit and had a good run at the box office, if French films continue to convey negative cliches about quote-unquote West Indian people under the guise of humor. Here's my question. Why do people feel so comfortable coming to tell us how to manage ourselves, dehumanizing us? And in return, we must also question our reactions in this kind of situation. And for me, this was the most difficult mental work to do. Understanding the perception that others have of me and deciding if I want to match this perception. It's not easy every day, but I'm in harmony with myself most of the time now, and Guadeloupean art, whether it's music, literature, or cinema, has helped me a lot to deal with all of that. So back to the representation of slavery. Enslaved people fought throughout the slavery period. Ebony Wood shows this with a bad remix of historical facts about different types of resistance that can almost be considered disinformation. In my special edition, I mentioned the film 1802, The Guadeloupean Epic by Christian Lara as one of the rare French films with an original approach to this matter because it doesn't show black people as enslaved suffering people. It shows a revolt. Today is April the 27th of 2022, which means we're 174 years after the proclamation of the second abolition of slavery in France. This is why I decided to launch season three with this film. Let's talk about the plot. It's time for the Yekrik, Yekrak. Paris, 1802. Napoleon Bonaparte organizes his conquest of power. But first, he intends to restore the authority of France and slavery in Saint-Domingue and Guadeloupe. It is the beginning of the month of May of 1802, the Guadeloupean epic. Christian Lara is the grandson of Oruno Lara, the first black Guadeloupean historian. Although he has made films 
for entertainment purpose. He has also developed films that can serve as tools to guide our discussion about slavery in Guadeloupe. In 1980, he released the film Vivre Libre ou Mourir, which means to live free or to die. In 1998, he released the film Sucramer, which means bitter sugar. And 1802, the Guadeloupian epic was released in French theaters on May the 10th of 2006. And it's kind of like the last installment of a trilogy. The synopsis available on unifriends.org is short and already takes the opposite approach of the usual representation of slavery in French cinema and television. But here's a second version of this synopsis. It's available in the description bar on YouTube. In 1802, Napoleon Bonaparte decided to impose his power but wished to impose it throughout France and sent his army to Saint-Domingue and Guadeloupe. From the very first measures, the mulatto colonel Louis Degres understood that this expedition was responsible for imposing a new policy by force and the return to slavery. He did not hesitate for a moment and for the honor of his race, decided to fight against the French army. Then a great popular movement takes place. It is the beginning of 1802, the Guadeloupian epic. If we follow the steps of my special edition guidebook, let's start with the temporal reference. It is 1802, so the year is clearly identified so there's no possibility to mistake this time with another moment in French history. This is the year in which Napoleon took his political ambitions to the next level. History records show that he was named Consul for Life in 1802, a prelude to his coronation as Emperor in 1804. But the year 1802, from the point of view of the colonies, is a turning point. During the First Republic established after the French Revolution, slavery was abolished in the French colonies in 1794. Obviously, this freedom was not synonymous with equality. Tensions persisted. The slave owners in Guadeloupe wanted slavery to be reestablished. The issue had another meaning for Martinique, which was under English authority at the time of the first abolition. But this does not mean that enslaved people did not aspire to freedom. And Bitter Tropics show this very well by underlining the connections between Martinique, Guadeloupe and Saint-Domingue. Which brings me to the representation of the geographical reference. Usually, French filmmakers stay generic when they want to name the location and not give the impression of being on an island lost. We don't know where. So they would say the Americas or they would talk about the West Indies. Guadeloupe and Martinique are considered interchangeable, but not here. The point of departure is France. The point of arrival is Guadeloupe, without forgetting the connection with Saint-Domingue, which was the most prosperous French colony in the Caribbean and whose fights led to the creation of the First Black Republic in 1804. The difference between the two synopses is the presentation of the characters. 
the Unifrance synopsis only mentions Napoleon Bonaparte. The YouTube synopsis mentions Louis Delcresse with his specific social status. He is a mulatto colonel. This alone brings a nuance to the representation of black people at the time. He was a free man of color who had a position of authority in the French army and he made the choice to revolt against Napoleon. So he's already presented as a non-white historical figure to remember. The fact that the synopsis ends with the expression Guadeloupian epic immediately indicates the important dimension that this event should be given. How does Christian Lara place the black Guadeloupian people at the center of this narrative? This is what we'll talk about in the Karukerama segment. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter. The Karukerama Universe is also a Caribbean literature podcast. Tim Tim Boafik, a Caribbean music podcast. Hashtag Stream Caribbean. If you want to listen to the episodes and read my other reviews, go to karukerama.com. If you want to contact me, you can email me at karukerama at gmail.com and follow me on social media at Karakarama on Twitter and Instagram. All links are in the description box. Don't forget to like and share the episode to give the podcast more visibility. See you à dans d'autres soleils. Ciao, bébé.